Thank you, Julia. Welcome. We are going to continue with our series that we've been going through for the past several weeks, and we're focusing in on the Holy Spirit. We've been looking at who the Holy Spirit is, how he interacts with us. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at and addressing this question, how do we receive from the Holy Spirit? And specifically, um, we're going to see that we're going to receive from the Holy Spirit by letting go. Okay, so there's going to be a couple of things that I want to encourage us to, to do in order to be a good posture to receive from the Holy Spirit. Uh, the first one is this. We want to receive from the Holy Spirit by letting go of our past ways. Okay, so let's look at that in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 1 says, Jesus is speaking, says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Okay, so if you look at this illustration, uh, Jesus is walking with his disciples. Uh, this is actually right before he's going to go to the cross and he's going to eventually die. He's going through this vineyard and he's talking to them about this vine that he's looking at. And he says, I am the true vine, okay, and my father is the vine dresser. And he talks about this gardening illustration, which is kind of interesting to me because I've actually gotten really into gardening, okay? I don't know if it's like showing my age or whatever, but I'm like actually enjoying gardening. So first it was my wife's thing. She was like kind of getting into gardening. But, and then I was the manual labor, right? I was like digging the holes and doing all that stuff. But then eventually it started to become my garden, right? And so I was out there gardening. And so when I read this, it actually started feeling a little different for me. Right? When Jesus is talking about being a, the father being a gardener and how he prunes the branches. Okay, so I don't know if you've ever gone in the garden and pruned, right? So you're supposed to prune it because when you prune it, it brings actually more life, right? Which is kind of ironic. You feel like you're like killing it, right? You're like cutting off all of these branches, right? And so I'm out there and I'm thinking about this passage. And I'm thinking about this passage as like pruning these branches. And so like I'm cutting off these different branches. And I keep thinking about this, and I keep asking the Lord, praying as I'm cutting these things, like, can you cut out the things that don't belong? Can you cut out the things that are not producing any fruit? Can you cut out the things that are actually preventing me from flourishing and thriving? Can you cut those things out and then reveal those things to me, what they are? And then I was doing this for a while, and I was actually kind of enjoying it as I was thinking about this passage in John 15. But then... It was interesting because I was starting to prune this one plant and then there was a one branch on there that I felt like I was going to cut off, but then there was like a little flower on the end. And because there's a little flower on the end, I couldn't cut it, right? I was thinking, I think I should cut this off, but I can't, I can't cut it off. I can't, there's like, there's some life there. I can't cut it off. So all the ones that were dead that have nothing on there, no leaves or all the leaves are dead, or, no problem. I cut those off, right? Those are obviously... There's no life in them, right? But there were some branches where it had a little bit of life on there, a little bit of flower or leaves or whatever, and I could not get myself to cut it, right? And so I was out there doing that, and then I came across it again and came across it again. And then after a while, the Lord started speaking to me about this passage again. And he said, you need to cut it so it can bear more fruit. I said, but Lord, it's already got some fruit on there. And that's when he said, you need to be willing to cut things even if they're sharing, even if they're bearing some fruit in the present. And when he told me that, it really, really struck me. 
And I really saw how I was not willing to cut things out of my life that are still producing fruit. But that's where you have to look at this passage and see what is the gardener's true intent? Why does he want to cut things? A lot of times we look at this pruning thing and think it's so painful and things that we don't want to do. We don't want to go through this pruning process where the Lord is cutting things out. But you have to look at the intent of why the gardener is trying to cut. When we look in verse 2, what does it say? He says, every branch that bears fruit, that is already bearing fruit, he prunes it so that it could do what? bear more fruit. So the question is, are we going to be satisfied with the fruit that our life is currently going to be producing, or do we want something more? Does the Lord want something more or greater for our life? And if he does, we have to be willing to cut a branch that's currently still producing fruit for us. You know, as I was thinking about this, there's different things in my life and I'm kind of a creature of habit sometimes. Like, you know, when I go to a restaurant, I order, I, once I find out my favorite thing, I order the same thing every time. It's like, I don't have to look at the menu. Like, give me the menu. Okay, I'm already ready. You know, I already know when I go there, that's what I, sometimes I think, should I get something different? I always order the same thing. But then I always end up getting my favorite thing, right? I just feel like I know what I want, and that's what I want to get, right? But there's some things that we do that the Lord wants us to be open to change. And if we're not open to change, then the Holy Spirit cannot speak and direct us in those areas. If we're so unwilling to change the way that we approach things, if we're so unwilling to change how we're approaching and thinking about doing things, whether it's at work, whether it's about how we are in our relationships, whether it's about things that we're thinking about our past or things that we're thinking about our future, if we always approach it the same way and if we're so stuck in that situation, we're completely closed off and God can't speak to us something new. This is hard for us because when we look throughout the Bible, God works in seasons. There's seasons in our life, and that's the way that I like to approach my life, that we have different seasons. Your life is just not one same season. Just like when you see a child growing up, they go through different seasons, right? They go through as an infant and then a toddler, and then they grow up to be you know, an adolescent and or a teenager and then a young adult. There's seasons in our life that we go through. If we stay in the same season and are not willing to move, we hinder the, our ability to hear from God. We hinder our ability for God to speak to us, for the Holy Spirit to guide and to direct us and to change our course. We have to be willing to let go of our past ways in order to receive from the Holy Spirit. One of these areas in my life, you know, because I'm a pastor, so one of, the, one of the primary duties for the pastor is what I'm doing right now, which is speaking and preaching. So the Lord started speaking to me about changing my ways about speaking, okay? So um, I learned early on just about, like, you know, from seminary of how to put a message together and how to just, you know, have my three different points and go through this and to teach and, and preach in that way. And so after a while, I started getting used to it. I'm doing the same thing. I prepare the same way. I just do a little bit every day. Do a little bit every day, a little bit every day, and a little bit every day, and then I, you know, I preach my message. It's funny though, because one of the things that happened early on is that in seminary, they taught you to write it all out, okay, to kind of manuscript your message. And so in the beginning, I tried that. I tried to manuscript my message. I'd like write out the whole thing. Okay, and if you've ever given a presentation, you may have done the same thing. You like just write out the whole thing, right? 
but you're supposed to have good engagement with your audience, right? So you're supposed to read, and then you're supposed to look up and make eye contact and probably look around. But then whenever that happens, whenever I do that, I look down and I'm like, where am I? Where am I on this page? Like, I don't know where I am. And then I'm like fumbling and I'm trying to look in this long pause and like, what is he doing? You know, what is he doing up there, right? So eventually I started to change, right? And what I did was I would prepare the message and then on Saturday I would practice it, okay? I would practice it one time, two times, three times. On Saturday I would just say it out loud just like I was doing on Sunday. I would like speak it out and I would just like practice like I'm doing the message, okay? Eventually when I would do that, I would end up memorizing the message, okay? So on Sunday, I would go up there with no manuscript. I would have no manuscript. I wouldn't have anything. I would just go and deliver the message. And it was interesting. After years and years and years of doing this, I just started getting comfortable with doing this this way, right? And I actually, okay, I have to confess, I kind of took pride in that, that I would just memorize the message. I'd go up there with no notes. I have no notes when I go up there. I just prepare my message, right? And then, but the Lord started speaking to me about this. He started speaking to me about my heart and how I was in preaching my message. Because my heart has always been, I don't want you to hear from me. I want you to hear from God. People don't need to hear what Sam Lee has to give. They really need to hear what God has to speak. And I've always felt that. And he started addressing that. And he was saying, and it was really interesting because there be sometimes when I'm practicing where I really felt God's presence. Like so much so that as I'm practicing the message, I start crying. Right? I really felt like the Holy Spirit was present with me. I really felt like God's presence with me. And while I'm practicing, I'm the only one in there. I'm in my study just kind of practicing, and I'm crying. I'm crying because I just feel like the Lord is like speaking through this passage or speaking through this message, and I really felt that. The next day when I'm speaking on Sunday, nothing. There's like nothing. I don't feel anything. I don't have any tears. I don't have any emotion. I was asking the Lord about that. Why is that? Why is it that I'm practicing on Saturday, and I really felt your presence, I really felt the Holy Spirit there, and then on Sunday, I didn't feel anything? And then he told me, it's because before when you're practicing, you're very dependent upon me. But once you've memorized the message, now it's all, you're all on your own now. It's all coming from your own flesh and your own working. And then he challenged me, I want you to do a different way. I want you to stop doing this. And can I tell you, that was hard. <laughs> that was hard. That was hard for me changing. But I wanted to listen to the Lord and so wanted to obey what he said. So I stopped doing that. Okay, so I did the same thing. Prepare my message, prepare my message, prepare my message. Gather it together all on Friday. I gathered it all together, what I had for the week. And then on Saturday, I'd review it, but I wouldn't practice it. I wouldn't practice it aloud. So I didn't memorize it. Okay, eventually I didn't memorize it. And then I started speaking on Sunday. And can I tell you, I remember those first few times that I did that. And then I was preaching, I was thinking, that was bad. <laughs> I just felt like that was a horrible message, right? And I just felt like that was really bad, Lord. And then he said, you're going to go through that. When you're used to doing it the same way every time, don't expect when you change that it's going to come out all polished and it's going to come out exactly right. You're going to go through some growing pains when you're doing that. You've got to expect that. That's part of the process. And so I kept going. 
and I kept going and I kept going and I kept going and then it started getting more and more comfortable and I started getting more comfortable. Then the Lord spoke again. Okay, he spoke again to me and he said, and it was really strange because he said to me, like, I want you to trust me that I'm going to speak when you give the message. And I've always felt that. I've always felt no matter how hard it was, no matter if I'm preparing during the week and it's getting towards Friday, I never felt really panicked because I always felt like, God, I know you're going to speak something, right? I know you're going to speak something, right? You're never going to leave me up there with nothing, right? You're not like that, right? You've always been faithful to me, right? And so he was, he was asking me the question, do you really believe that? Do you really trust in me? And I said, yes, Lord, I really trust in you. And then he said, I want you to go up there and prepare nothing. I want you to give a message and don't prepare anything. I'm like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that, Lord. And so I heard him say that, but I'm like, okay, I'm not, I did this other thing for you, right? I did the no memorizing thing and I'm, I'm good with that. I can't do this. There's no way I can go up there and prepare nothing, right? And so I remember hearing that. And then a little while later, and actually a while later, he spoke it again. He said, I want you to go up there and do this. I'm like, okay, one day. I said, one day I'll do that. One day I'll do that. But not now. I'm not going to do that right now. This is, that's too scary. That's too scary. Okay, so I didn't share this, but a few months ago, the Lord spoke that again to me. Right? The Lord spoke that again to me. And I tried to do that. Okay, so during the week, it was when we're going through our Philippians uh, series through church, okay? So I knew the passage that we we're going to go through, but I didn't prepare anything, okay? All week, I did not prepare anything. And then I came on Sunday, and I'm sure you want to know which week it was, right? But <laughs> you're going to go back and watch it on YouTube. But that week, I went there, and I didn't prepare anything. And you know what happened? Right before service, I started freaking out. So I started looking at the passage and started looking at it, looking at it like, oh my gosh. But then I really regretted it after because really, what did that do? My five minutes of panicking right before I went on there, it didn't really do anything, right? And so I'm like, I wish I would have just trusted you. I wish I would have just trusted you and did nothing. So then the next week, I did it again. And it's very interesting. Like I went up there and then I was starting to preach. And the Lord started speaking all of these things to me as I'm giving the message. As I'm giving the message, he started bringing up other passages, and he started showing me other things that I would have never actually probably have thought of when I was giving this message. And when I started to see what the Lord was doing, I was thinking, I always feel like I think it's the Lord speaking and not me. But that day for sure, it was the Lord speaking. It was not me because I did not prepare one thing as I came up here and gave that message. When I put myself in that position, it really highlights what's always true. God is always in control. He is always speaking and always wants to speak to us and through us. He spoke that to me just to make what's always true more obvious. It's always true. But we have to put ourselves in a position to receive. We have to put ourselves in a position to let go of things. So fast forward to today, to last night. I had prepared a message for today, and the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night, and he said, I want you to preach a different message. So the message I'm giving today is not the message that I prepared this week. 
he asked me again, are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to go up there and, and trust that I'm going to speak when you need it? And so it's good because I did a lot of steps in between. It's not like I went from what I was doing before to what I'm doing right now. He was taking me a lot of steps along the way. And that's really my encouragement is that we need to keep taking those kind of steps. We need to keep taking steps of faith. They had, can't be just head knowledge and our belief. I believe that there's a God. I believe he's in control. I believe he knows all things. I believe he's all powerful. I believe, I believe, I believe. But we don't put anything in action. If we don't put ourselves in a position to really trust and believe, we'll never allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us and minister through us and speak to us and show us things that we couldn't know ourselves. You want to put yourself in a position to receive from the Holy Spirit? We have to be willing to let go of our old ways. We have to deal with what I talked about last week, which is dealing with fear. We have to let go of fear. So the first thing for us to be able to receive from the Holy Spirit is we have to be willing to let go of our old ways. The second thing, we have to let go of our need to understand. We have to let go of our need to understand. Let's look at this passage in Isaiah 55. 55 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your thoughts, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay, when we look at this passage, the, he's making, God is making it very clear that his thoughts obviously are way above our thoughts. And his ways are high above our ways. But what this says to me is, it says to me is that we can't really fully know. God is gracious in making himself known to us. We see it in the Bible. It's his way of making himself known to us in a practical way, in a human way. We can try to understand this infinite God in a finite way. It's his grace that he does that. It's actually his wisdom that he ables, he's able to communicate in a way that we can understand him, that we can know him, that we can understand who he is. But in reality, we don't know. And I want to say that's a good thing. We don't want to have a God that we, uh, we get and we totally understand. What kind of God would that be if you could really fully figure him out? Right? He wouldn't be a God that is worthy of being worshipped or worthy of being served or worthy of being uh, followed or obeyed. We want a God like that who we actually don't even fully know. We can't even begin to grasp who he is and what he says. That should really help us in this understanding that we need to give up that idea that we need to understand everything. Okay, Let's look at this passage in Proverbs 3.5. Remember, maybe you memorize this passage. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I'm not saying that we turn our brains off. I'm not saying that we don't know things, that we don't understand things. That's not, that's not the case. God gives us, those, gives us that grace and gives us that understanding to be able to know things. But what he does say is, don't limit yourself by only trusting and only following things that you understand. It's too limiting. You're limiting what you can hear from God. You're limiting what you can experience in your life if you do that. 
the Lord started really addressing this in my own life because, you know, I was a professional student for 30 years. You know, I went from undergrad to my master's in economics to my, my uh, MDiv. I was a professional student for 30 years of my first 30 years of my life, right? I was all about knowing and it was all about knowledge. And actually took pride in that, in my knowing things and being able to know the Bible and to know God. But I think the more and more I get to know God is the more and more I realize I don't know God. The more and more I get to see him, the more and more I realize he's just too big. He's just too amazing. He's too awesome for me to know. And the more and more I really get to know him, the more and more I realize I can't know. I can't know. And the more you get, the quicker you get to that place, the better. You know, it's interesting because when you look at Jesus, uh, it's very, I think it could be very frustrating to be around Jesus because, like, whenever someone asks Jesus a question, he never answers them. He always just gives them another question. Or he'll speak in parables, right? Jesus will speak in parables where they have no idea what the meaning is. In fact, the disciples will go to him and say, like, why are you talking like that? We don't even understand what you're saying, right? But he does that on purpose. He does that on purpose because we can get caught in this way of thinking like we understand everything, we're in fully control of everything, that we can dictate everything. He needs to have us be able to realize that that's not true, that we need to come to him because he knows more than we do, right? Which is kind of obvious, but in real life, we need to really respond like that's true. We need to be able to respond even when it doesn't make any sense to us. That's what faith means. Faith is having assurance in things that you don't know and you're not certain of that you don't see. That's what faith is, to demonstrate faith and belief. Okay, like I told you last week, I love the stories where God speaks, like in big, miraculous ways, but I love when he speaks in just the everyday things because that's where you experience God more often, right? So let me give you an example. So my wife one day... Um, I had taken her car for, for uh, some reason, and so she needed to borrow my son's car. Okay, so she asked my son, is it okay if I take your car? He said, fine. And so when she was taking it out, she said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help him out, and I'm going to fill up his gas tank. Okay, so I'm going to fill up his gas tank. And he told, she told my son, oh, I'm going to fill up your tank for you. And he said, oh, that's great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But then she goes in the car, and then she turns it on, and the tank is, like, almost full. He's like, oh, no, okay, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why am I going to go to the gas station? It's, like, almost full, right? And so she's about to go. She's going to go to this one shopping center by her house. And so she's starting to drive. And the Lord's speaking to her, I want you to go fill up the gas tank. She's like, this doesn't make any sense. It's, like, it's maybe, like, one quarter or less empty, right? Like, why would I go to the gas station, right? So she's driving to the store. She's driving to this one shopping center. And then the Lord tells her again, I want you to go fill up the gas tank. She's like, all right, I don't know why, but I'll go, I'll go fill it up. Okay, so she gets to the, the shopping center, and there's, on this plaza, the, the store she needs to go is on one side, and then there's a gas station in the same plaza all the way on the opposite side. Okay, so she's driving to the plaza, going to the store where she needs to go, and then she's going to get her gas afterwards. And then the Lord tells her while she's in the parking lot, I want you to get gas right now before you go to the store. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, probably because I'm going to forget, right? Because I'm going to forget after or whatever, right? So she goes and crosses over the whole parking lot and goes to the other end of the shopping center and goes to the gas station. Okay, she's never been to this gas station before, right? So she's gone to the gas station, 
and then there's like several pumps on each line, in each aisle, right? Like there's three pumps on each aisle. So she's like circling around and there's a whole bunch of cars there. So she's circling around trying to get her way to this one aisle that has, that's for some reason it's empty, right? All three are empty in this aisle and all the rest are kind of full, right? So she's circling around over here and then she feels like, she doesn't know why, but she feels like the Lord wants her to park in the second pump, which is really weird, right? You think like maybe the first pump, that's the closest, right? Or maybe the last pump so other people can come in and she can get out or whatever. But she said, I don't know why, but the Lord wanted me to go to the second pump. I'm like, she's telling me the story. I'm like, that's really weird, right? That's really weird, right? So she gets out at the second pump, and then she gets out her credit card, and then she's ready to put it in the, the slot. But there's a card in there, right? She's like, oh, there's someone left their card, right? So she takes the card out, and it's a debit card. And then she looks at it. And on the debit card, it said, Stephen Chong, right? Stephen Chong is my son's best friend, right? And so she's looking at this card. I'm like, can this be my son's best friend? No way. There's, what are the chances that this could be my best friend's, my son's best friend, right? So she goes and she, she uh, contacts my son. And then my son said, oh, okay, I'll call him up and I'll ask him. So he calls up his friend Stephen, and then Stephen answers. And as soon as his friend answers, uh, my wife said she could hear him on the line. And he's, like, shouting, like, Isaac, you don't believe what happened. I lost my debit card. My mom is going to kill me, right? I lost my debit card. I don't know where it is, right? And then my son, he's, like, so deadpan. My mom has her card, <laughs> right? He's so, like, nonchalant. My mom has her card. Right? And so he comes over to our house, and then my, my wife gives him the card. He's, like, so relieved, and he's, like, so grateful, so grateful, right? And then I was talking to my wife about that, and we're both just so struck. Oh, this doesn't make any sense how this happened. Right? She gets in the car. My son's gas tank is almost full. God tells her, go, go pump this gas. Go put gas in the car for your son. That doesn't make any sense. Why would she want to do that? except that the Lord is prompting her to do that. Why, why would he tell her to not go to the store, but go pump the gas first? Right? Think about it. If she went to the store, someone else would have already gone in that line. Right? There's no way that there was, there was all these cars over at that gas station. That card would not still be there. She didn't make any sense. She didn't understand why. She listened and she went over there. Does it make any sense why she going to the second pump out of the three? If she went to the other pump, she would have never found that card. But the Lord specifically spoke to her. Go to the second pump. Go there before you go to the store. Pump the gas and fill it up even though it's almost full. Does the Lord do that? The Lord does that. The Lord does that. Would that any of that happen if she relied on her own understanding? It wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have blessed her in that way, my son in that way, his best friend in that way. It wouldn't have happened. If we limit what we believe, if we limit what God can speak to only what we understand, we're so confined. Our bar is going to be so low of what we can experience of God and what we can experience in this life. We have to be willing to let God speak to us in ways that are different from our past, in ways that are beyond our understanding. 
if we can do that, if we cannot limit God by what we've done in the past and what we experienced in the past, and if we cannot limit God to what he can speak to us by only things that we can understand, I think we're put, our, put ourselves in a position to receive. Receive the fullness of what God wants to speak to us and how he wants to direct us and how the Holy Spirit wants to uniquely speak to us in things that we can never know on our own and never experience on our own. To experience the kind of life that he desires us to experience. The kind of freedom and adventure and thriving that the Lord wants for us takes place when we're doing that. When we can actually hear from him and receive from him and be able to respond to him. When we are in that position, our life will take a totally different direction. But it takes some intentionality on our own. Are you willing to let go of the things that you've done? Are you willing to be open for God to give you a different way? Are you willing to let God speak to you things that just don't make any sense to you right now? Eventually they might, but right now it makes no sense to you. Are you willing to trust are you willing to have faith that God has your best interests in mind? Because really, that's the whole thing about all of these things. It's not to experience some cool story that I kind of shared with you. That's not the point. The point is that we have a God who loves us, who's intimately involved in our life, who cares about everything that's going on in our life and wants to speak to us about it because he's that good, because we have that kind of God who's that good, who loves us that much that we can hear from him and he can provide for us. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful in how you speak and minister to us. We pray that you would give us the grace to be able to position our hearts in a way so that we can see you more. We can receive from you more. We can have the courage to follow through on the things that you're leading us in to have the courage and faith to be able to trust you, that you know things far above us, much more than we do. And we're so grateful that we have a God like that who can do that for us. And so we pray, Father, that you'd be speaking to us, you'd be ministered to us, you'd be directing us, and that you'd help us to see and receive from you. Thank you, Lord. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.